What's up, everybody? It's your boy Jonathan Jasso coming back at you with another episode of this podcast, The Wandering Minds. Today, I'm joined by my very special guest, Chris McGuire. What is up, Chris? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm hanging in there, you know. Um, excited to be on the podcast. That's awesome. How's everything been with life, you know? How, how have you been going through it? It's been a very wild ride right now. Every week something new is happening. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun, though. That's great. That's great. You know, speaking of things that are coming up soon, the election's coming up. You got yes. any thoughts on that? Um, I, It's going to be a very, like, important... <laughs> I, I think we always say it every single year. It's going to be a very important election year. But this time, it, it's like... This is really where it matters a lot more because you got two different powers right here in a very unfamiliar time zone. Um, and like you, we have no idea what's about the result of this. Exactly. You know, there's a lot that is going to be going into this upcoming election that we just have. We really have no idea what the outcome might be, you know? Oh, yeah. For all we so, know, the worst of the worst could happen this year. So I want to know, like, who are you? Who are you gonna decide to vote for? Um, crap! I I honestly don't know who I should vote for. Oh, <laughs> both of the sides are bad. Uh, something yeah. that I just learned is that politics isn't about who's good; it's about who's less bad. So I really don't know who I'm gonna vote for. Cause yeah, it's. That a lot of people are, are in the same boat as you. They're like, you know, I don't know who to vote for because both seem bad. So. Some candidates. But here's the thing. Even if we do vote for a, a certain party, is the, is the electoral college going to agree with it? Because... Mm. I don't know if you remember, but in the 2016 election, the the popular vote was for Hillary Clinton, but the Electoral College voted in Donald Trump. And to that, I feel like that's a very unfair represent like a representation of the Electoral College because it was made to favor the popular vote, not go against it. I exact. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, what is the point of the electoral college if it isn't going to reflect what we the people vote for? Like, like why? When we had what thirteen no. colonies was it? Yeah. And, and we first established the electoral college. It made sense because the size of the states actually mattered back then. Yeah. Now. You get democratic states that have millions of people in them, but also you get Republican states that have millions of people in them as well. And I feel like they cancel each other out like a lot more. Exactly. So, and that like everything just, is kind of leveling out right now. It's so. a contrast a lot and it just it doesn't work out in the end with the way that things are going. Yeah. And so and there's a lot of there's a lot of talks about our presidents and about how he's this or he's that or that, you know, you got to vote for this person because this person is going to bring this or this person is going to bring that. And mm -hmm. the past four years of our president's presidency, what have you taken the most out of it? Like, what have you, what have you seen and learned from the way that he has been running our country and that, what do you think he could have done better? What do you think he did good? Or do you think that he was just the worst choice possible? Quite honestly, I do not like Donald Trump, all right? I'll put that out there right now. I'm not a Republican. I don't support Trump. But on the reverse side, I'm not a Democrat. I don't support Biden. I'm just in that middle category. So with that being said, I think that Donald Trump actually did do a, a good job when it came to, you know, fixing a lot of problems the unemployment rate gone has like gone down dramatically i mean before coronavirus it he was doing a lot to support that message the economy was boosting 
I mean, you know, he's done a lot for the country. All right. However, I don't think that just doing enough for your country is enough for you to cover yourself when your administration brought up something as big as coronavirus back in, I believe it was December, if not November of 2019, when he was alerted to it. Um, And he refused to do anything about it just because it it didn't seem like a big issue. It wasn't until, what was it? February? Midway through February? It was about midway through February when we actually did anything about it. And that was, you know, he just let the cat escape and then closed the door behind it. You know? Just horrible choices were taken and got us to where we are right now with that, I think. Yeah. Um, some things that have been coming out of this new era of our political state, whether that's, you know, um, the presidency or more, is a lot about fighting for the civil rights. Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen any good things that have come out of this? Or do you think that what they show us on the news is really what's going on and that nothing has been changing from it? It's such a hard, hard question. Um, because I think both sides are acting as children in this, all right? Um, I think police definitely do have a problem. And I, I think reform is being brought to them, but I, I'm not totally sure. Um, but I, I definitely know that reform is probably going to happen one way or another um, because they do have a problem where they are too quick to fight back. You know, they get an uneasy feeling and they know the only way they know how to sell, settle it is through gratuitous violence. Now, with that being said, though, you do have to put yourself in their shoes for like two seconds to realize that if they don't act in that way, you know, nine times out of ten, it's over, it, they're overreacting. But that one time out of ten, you know, there is a chance where all of a sudden, if they don't turn around fast enough, um, it could be the last thing they see, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people can rebuttal that in saying, you know, the ACAB statement, which a lot of people think stands for all cops are bad but it stands for all cops are bastardized in the way that they chose to join a corrupt system without any plans of going in to change anything. They joined this, you know, system that is extremely corrupt. So that's what ACAB actually stands for. And I think understanding that is going to help a lot more people out and understanding that we're not just going out there and saying, like, fuck cops, do this, do that. It's literally, you know, cops are choosing, don't worry, there are a lot of good cops, but cops are also choosing to join this already corrupt system. So, but on the contrary to all of this, you know, you got those two sides, then you got the government. So, the government is sending, you know, military troops out to settle this. That's not a good image to have if you're trying to be honest and, you know, empathetic with your citizens. So when you send out military troops like that, you're kind of asking for them to get more pissed off and then revolt more and you're just going to have this huge just kind of inner civil war um and everyone's going to overreact until you know everything's until there's no more that they can destroy mm-hmm. there's no more that they can defend exactly <clears throat> so, one, of the, one of the big talks that we have seen recently is as you mentioned already reform you know 
they, mm. they're always talking about stop funding the police, you know, put our funding in something else. And I have seen that there are a lot of benefits to this. I, I want to know, though, what do you think about this? Do you think that there are benefits to moving our funding away from this corrupt system of what the police officers ha- are and what they have been doing to other things like like healthcare and to reform for more type of um, citizen organized types of uh, militias and things. Yeah. yeah. I think that in order to completely support defund the police, I think people need to look at where that budget is going for each police department. It goes to different places for everyone. Um, you know, you can have one that, you know, buys stocks up on arms and uh, defense units. And then you can have one that literally is just trying to pay their employees and pay for the squad car repairs, paint job, whatever it need be. They're just paying for that. And so when you have those two, I'd be more than willing to defund the one that is arming up and trying to get, you know, bulletproof vests and everything. But I wouldn't support it when you go to the second one when they're just trying to, you know, make sure everything's running smoothly. Because at the end of the day, yeah, there's a lot of problems with the police. But at the same time, what are you going to... What are you really going to do if you get held up at gunpoint and the police are defunded? You know, who are you going to run to? Exactly. So there are a lot of, like, pros and cons to this idea of defunding the police. Oh, yeah. Um, It's two different images. You go to one, you're going to be screwed. You go to the other, you're going to be screwed. Exactly. You You can't find the middle ground of everything. Yeah. So, in the wake of George Floyd and the coronavirus, we have seen a lot of things turn into political statements and, you know, a lot of politicians have turned these situations into benefits for themselves to get them a a step ahead of their competitors. Do you find these things like using George Floyd's death or using the coronavirus and Trump not taking action right away as, um, like, not not corrupt, but as, like, kind of selfish. And um, It's all part of the game. Yeah. To be, to be totally fair, it's sickening to see it. I do not support it. But at the same time, when you are a politician, I think you actively give up all sense of... Um, you give up all of your beliefs in just one fell swoop and you use any piece of dirt you can and you almost turn it into blackmail. That's what they're, you know, taught to do. You cannot survive in politics anymore unless you can blackmail. It's, you know, the reason why Donald Trump is where he is is because he was, you know, he said what was on his mind. He did not care what people thought. He just went as the wind took him, you know. Don't get me wrong. The media actually loved um, Donald Trump before he ran for presidency. He was all up in the news. He was all up in movies and everything as this great hero, as this great business and salesman. Then as soon as he announced his presidency, the media did a 180 on him. And all of a sudden, everyone hates him, you know. So... When you're faced with that, the only motive you can use is blackmail. You go in as a bully, you go in saying what's on your mind, and you attack everything you can to get the people that actually, like, listen to you to support you. And then the media will use that against you. So, when you're rising to power like that, and look at Joe Biden now trying to overthrow that, I mean, you can you can take a guess here. What's the only system of defense he has right now? It's going to be coming up, saying what's on his mind, attacking everything, using names of victims as his weapons, you know? And it's unsettling 
it's sickening, it's disturbing whenever to know that these names don't go as they say. They don't all everyone says, oh, they'll never just be a statistic. Yeah, no, they'll never be a statistic. They'll just be a pawn in this game of chess. Mm-hmm. You know? So I don't think that I, I trust me when I say it's part of the game that all politicians have to play, but it's a game that I full-fledged do not support. I, you know, denounce it in every way, shape, and form. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. It's very, it's very, like, sickening to watch these things happen. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's really nothing much we can do about it because that's the way you, that's the way politicians sway people to their side. And to yeah. think that... Especially to think that they're using a normal person's death as a way to, like, sway people to vote for them is very, very insane to think about. Because when that person gets into office, do you really think they're going to do the things that they said they're going to do? Mm-hmm. It's just... And it's, it's just... Like I said, it's a game of chess. Yeah. Every person, every victim is just another pawn. Exactly. Know? There's a lot in this playing field that we call politics that just are so vile. And there's just no way that we can really, you know, fix that. It's odd to think about how bad the playing field these days are. You need to have money to be able to make it to where you want to go. If you don't have any money, you're not making it anywhere. And the just campaigning has become so expensive these days for that. I just, I don't like the way that the playing field is anymore. And I remember me wanting to be a politician, too. I wanted to go and become uh, a representative for Illinois. And then my dreams are crushed because of all of that shit. (laughs) Yeah. I'm actually, right now, I'm searching up how much did uh, Hillary Clinton... No, I I think it was... uh... Wasn't it Bernie Sanders or something? He spent, like, billions on his campaign. I think it was Bernie Sanders, yeah. People spend money on these. Because now in the day and age of technology and everything, money is your only gain to office. Yeah. The more money Um, you put, the higher chance you get. So it looks like... Yeah, it spent over $167 million on Bernie Sanders' campaign. And it was raised by 1.9 million individuals. Um, That was reported by the New York Times. Uh, Wikipedia, however, reports as of December 31st, 2019, I believe. Let's look at this. Um... Hmm, I'm not seeing it on here. I know Wikipedia was saying his receipts. Um, I'm not sure in what context they mean receipts, as in like fundraising, but it looked like 108 uh, million dollars. Jesus Christ! It's just banking, spending money. Yeah. Um, it was well over, you know, $100 million that this, you know, a candidate spent. And, like, here's the thing. He dropped out. Yeah. All that money. Uh, as of December 31st, 2019, $108,912,139.51. All just to drop out of the election. Just... Yeah. Insane amounts of money. To say, you know what? See you guys later. I know I'm not going to win. I'm done. You know? And that just makes me dumbfounded to look at that and be like, you gave all of this up after you fundraised it, after you got millions of followers, 1.9 million people, you got them all to give you a certain amount of money. And now you just drop out. 
It's insane. There's all so, these people who believed in him, all for him just to just say, yeah, I'm no longer running is insane. Yeah, it's like, you know, I when, when people do this, I, I cannot imagine, you know, spending so much money just to finally call it quits after I think one other person might overthrow me. But to be quite fair... The reason why I'm not a Biden supporter either, you know, I, like I said, I don't support Trump because he literally ignores messages told to him by his own advisors. But then you look at Biden, the guy doesn't know how to speak. Sleepy <laughs> Joe. <laughs> like, let me pull up, uh, let, this is literally an ongoing joke. Um, Joe Biden uh, quotes. Quote, just quotes. Um, yep, yeah, here we go. Allgreatquotes.com. Let's see. Um, you ever been to a ca- caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Jesus. Jesus. Like, um, it was like that quote that he said on, was it live television, that if you don't vote for me, you're black. It's like, my man. Some if you of have a stuff. problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. That was what? during the uh, Democratic Convention, I believe. Oh, my um, Gosh, somebody like oh. He's, oh, here, here's the context. He said this to an American African American radio host, Charlemagne the God. He his remarks were criticized for being offensive, demeaning, and dumb. He later admitted he shouldn't have been such a wise guy. Oh my gosh, what thought process do you have to go through to say something so dumb? And, oh, here's another one. Uh, uh, I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. Oh now, I'm going to leave that quote gosh. sit with you. I'm going to let that sit with you as I read the next one. <clears throat> this is me word for word. I'm just reading it off the screen. This is all purely what he says. You know, there's, uh, during World War II, uh, you know, where Roosevelt came up with a thing, uh, that, uh, you know, was totally different than, uh, than the, the, it's called, he called it the, you know, what, the World War II, he had the war, the war production board. Wow. That was him speaking, and that was him rambling and struggling for words during the CNN interview about coronavirus responses in April of 2020. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Not even I sound the head tum, and I, like, stutter all the time. What? <laughs> you Just... know, there's, uh, during World War II, uh, you know, where Roosevelt came up with the thing. Oh my uh, you gosh. Know, totally pretty... different. I'm trying yeah. to paraphrase what? this so we could at least make some sense out of it. Oh Here we my... go, ready? Gosh. You know, during World War II, where Roosevelt came up with a thing, you know, was totally different than what he called it. He had the war, the war production board. You could maybe piece that together, but I, I fail to see how that is wow. a response to uh, the coronavirus. Yeah, I failed to... I just... I fail to see how we as Americans are putting a piece of Cheeto and a grandpa into the office. Yeah. I feel like, no, in this, we should be able with, especially with how much technology we have, we should be able to do so much research that we know who literally is one of the best choices for America. It's literally a, a dramatic argument. It's no longer trying to help the country. It's no longer trying to guide the country in the right way. It's literally 
a drama queen versus a drama queen fighting oh my gosh. and each other gossip. It's just like a Twitter rant between two people. That's what is. Yeah. That's what this is becoming. And especially when you look at like how people take politics now, especially online and in person, nobody's open-minded anymore with these things. Mm. You, you just, you don't get the viewpoint of another person. It's your side is always right. It's no, your side's not always right because you'd be surprised by how many people will say something out there. And when you do just a little research, one Google search, you can see how wrong they are. And Without it's, it's you know? so insane. Because people will argue online all the time. They will never do enough research. They will never understand what they're talking about. You know? Where you're 18 and I'm 17. Alright? Yeah. And it's quite shameful that we have more of a grasp on what this country needs than the people that are running to run it. Exactly. We... Us young people do probably more research on what what would better this country than people over Twitter with anime profile pictures telling us, no, this is what's supposed to happen. Like, that's not the way that that's supposed to go. And a lot of people think, you know, with all of us joking about communism and everything... We want communism. No. No. That's not what we want. We, never in the question was there going to be communism. Because we know we have seen it fail before. You watch something happen and you watch it fail. Why do it again? You know? Exactly. And so, I think that's the, that's the problem with the dynamic of our political state right now. We are just committing the same acts again and again and we aren't learning from these mistakes and it's just mm -hmm. driving us deeper yeah we're going against what everyone else. we're trying to be the hero in every case scenario you know we try to be the the lord and savior of our citizens way too much and when that happens you're going to find out that maybe you should have listened to what your advisors were telling you instead of trying to be the hero, trying to not raise too many eyebrows, but in the process, killing millions. Exactly. There's this, there's this example I heard. It, it doesn't have to do with politics, but it can be applied to this. It's like, it's like what they say in like Buddhism. There's something in Buddhism where like, you're like yeah, you know, I want to better myself. And I want to, you know, make myself better and the world better. When in actuality, you're just grinding on World of Warcraft. You like, get a look at reality. Get 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 off the screen. You know, look at mm. what's actually happening in this world. Stop stop spending twenty hours on a cell phone screen or t or a computer screen typing away, telling people that they're wrong. Look at the real world for what it actually is and look at how bad the dynamic of the U.S. government is, about how the police system is, just about how how people have to spend money just to be able to make it to office instead of doing it because of their ideals. It's, oh, yeah. It's so insane. Like, get, get off of this computer and look up. During look. the Black Lives Matter protests, um... I never, I never, uh, got myself involved with them. I never, uh, joined them. Don't get me wrong. I think black lives, black lives do matter a lot. They matter now more than ever, especially when stuff like this is going down in the news. You know? Exactly. But I didn't join the protest just because I think the protest in general, were very much tainted by those who were greedy. And, you know, you had the protests that actually civilly protested. Then, on the off side, on the flip side, you had the looters, who actually, a lot of them were sent by, uh, I don't, I'm not quite sure who they were sent by anymore. There are so many stories, but they were 
it was very, very coincidental that there were a pallet of bricks in Los Angeles on Venice Beach where the protest was said to end. There's just, you know, casually a pallet of bricks laying there. So was it really planned for all these looters to join in? Maybe. And when they did join in, they made sure to make the protesters look like they were the ones enacting this. And when, in reality, a lot of these people, yeah, they were paid off to do this. Then they get the the followers of citizens who just decide, yeah, let me loot. Let me get this for free. And in doing this, they taint and disturb the image of the protesters and their original message. Because now they're associated with these looters that want nothing more than just to get their box of condoms for free. You know? Exactly. So, like, when you do, like, that's why I get myself involved with it. Yeah, it's like, it's like when I heard about how Jake Paul went to one of the looter things. I was like, you, you're tainting a movement that could change the dynamic of our country. Exactly. Like you are, you you are making this representation of us so much worse than it needs to be. It is already bad enough that the media targets the Black Lives Matter movement as uh, just a bunch of looters. Now you have these social media influencers joining in on the, with these looters, and you're like, do you not see how bad you're making our situation now? Yeah, absolutely, and. You know, when that, when all of this happened, um, it was, it was a scary time just because you didn't know what town, what city was next on the list of looting, you know, that scared everyone. And when, when it came to where I live, um, we, we knew that the protest was about to happen and it was the most surreal and just unnerving thing to see. I, I go to the downtown area of my, um, of my, uh, uh, town, and I literally see every single storefront boarded up. And, you know, Main Street, which is the actual street, um, where downtown is, the entire, it's just one strip of Main Street to the train tracks. That's downtown. Every single window front on Main Street boarded up with plywood. It was the most surreal, scary, unnerving, unracking, disheartening, sickening thing to see. Because you had these store owners closing up their shops after reopening for about a week, maybe three, five days at most, after Corona. They reopen for three, five, seven days, whatever. Then they have to close down again because they're afraid that someone is going to come in with a brick, smash their windows in, and take everything that they lived their entire lives to earn. And oh, it's just, I, I, I remember going through social media and seeing videos of looters looting black businesses. And I was like, do you not see how counterintuitive that is? Yeah. I'm like, it's, how, how can you do that? You know, if you want change. It's like you, when everybody was posting the black squares on social media. I didn't join in on that because I was like, do you not see how much information you are blocking out by doing that? Mm-hmm. Do you not see how counterintuitive that is that you are posting a black box on a screen that literally does nothing Yet you won't go out and protest with the people who are literally trying to make real change. Yeah. And that, what I did was, when I heard about this, and I knew there was a protest about to happen, I, you know me, I, I, I am, like, a big media person. I do a lot of, uh, television, radio, broadcasting, um... And so I have film equipment with me almost at all times. And I took my drone. And don't worry, I have a license for it and everything like that. But I took my drone and I went about a mile west of the of the protest. Right before it started, I went about a mile west. 
and I went in the middle of the, like, if you look at Main Street, I went the middle of uh, Main Street west a mile. So that way I could get full coverage of it. And I launched the drone and I sent it right over the protest. And I still have this footage to this day of just seeing this protest unfold. And it was a peaceful protest too. Nothing went wrong in this, which I'm very proud of the city for, you know? Um, however, it was still like really weird to see hundreds in the streets just marching all at once, you know? Mm-hmm. So when that happened, that's why I didn't intervene with it. That's why I didn't get myself involved with it. Because at the time, you can't really be fully committed to that protest, especially when it's being tainted by other people. Exactly. Um, so that's why, you know, instead I decided to document it. You know, that's all you can do right now. So. I, I No offense to white people, you know, but mm-hmm. I feel like they have also been part of the reason why it's been super tainted because not only have the looters tainted it by making us have a bad image, but then now you have these people who are coming in who have no idea what it's really like to be a minority in mm-hmm. America. And so when you hear them protest, you're like, it's, it's great that you're protesting, but do you truly know how we feel in this environment? And do you truly understand? And I feel like that also kind of taints this protest with us because now it's like, well, I, I think a lot of people see it as a cloud chase. Yeah, I saw it as a cloud chase a little bit too, but I felt like it was more of just a tainting, like you have no real re- understanding of what's really going on. <clears throat> yeah, um, I saw a video, all right, and I, I want to find that video again, but it was, um, it was a f- five or six white teenage girls, um, and I'm saying their race just so you understand how messed up this is. Um, you had five or six white teenage girls attempting to stand in front of a innocent pickup truck trying to turn into the gas station. He was just trying to make a right into the gas station, completely legal. He wasn't, he wasn't violating any of the protesters in any way, shape, or form. He had no, uh, flag with him, nothing like that. And the, these five or six white teenage girls to this white, uh, I'm guessing, older gentleman in the pickup truck was they, they tried to stop his truck. And he didn't, like, what the hell is that? And what makes it so much worse is one black man walked up to the white uh, women and he went, guys, leave him alone. And they all just immediately walked away, just like that. To the point where now, you were, why are you doing this? You know? What was the message behind that? There there was no message. It's the problem. Uh, Yeah, it's like with certain, when it comes to certain things, especially over race, I, I mean... Not everybody should stay away from trying to join the protest, but there are just those select few people who just shouldn't do anything at all. They yeah. should just—they should let it play out the way that it's going to be. And afterwards, once they see that things are starting to change, then yes, support it. But no, don't don't go and stop people from doing their daily lives just because you want to show that you support a. A movement. You want to show you support a movement? Go to protests that are organized. Don't organize your own in the front of a gas station. You want to. Yeah. You want to go to protests? Donate. Donate to people. Donate to um, nonprofit organizations that are trying to help change and reform the laws so that we can have more civil rights towards minorities, especially like you know blacks and Latinos. Even Asians and Muslims. Muslims the most because of how much prejudice Muslims get. We don't even talk about that in this world. It's it's insane. 
to think about how they're normal everyday people who have to go through the suffering because somebody just wants to show that they support a movement in the wrong ways. Yeah, it's it's wrong and it's demeaning to a lot more people than just themselves. Exactly. You're shutting down an entire movement by taking actions to stop somebody from living uh, their daily lives. Yeah. It's shameful, you know? It's almost like shame on you. It's, it. it's just bogus. But with that, I think, comes a lot of, like, you always have to think before you act. When it, when it comes to these two types of things, whether that's, you know, the political side of things or just the human right side of things, it's always you have to think before you act. And I don't think a lot of people think before they act when it comes to this. They just act yeah. out of whether it's anger or they, they, they want to show that they support this so that they look cool. You just, it's always think before you act, because do you, do you really want to stop somebody from living their daily lives just so that you could look cool for a movement? No, it's dumb. If you want to, yeah. if you want to help out the movement, actually help it out. Don't post the black square on social media and take a video of you blocking some man from getting gas in life. Absolutely. So... One thing I've never, well, not that I've never caught about, but one thing that I think that doesn't come up often is how we take basic basic human rights and turn it into something of politics. Oh, yeah. Everybody's lives matter. That should not be a political movement. That should just be... Already said That's just something politicians should acknowledge, saying, I'm going to make sure that everyone lives an equal life in here, not, you know, we're going to throw you money under the table and keep these red lines going, you know? That's exactly. just wrong. And, like, like, it's the healthcare for all thing. I agree that everybody should have healthcare. That's just the basic human right. Mm-hmm. But... It's become it's become such a political statement and such a political thing to argue over that now it's just hard to figure out whether or not we're gonna have healthcare as a human right or not. Yeah, and it's uh, it's become a joke to say the least. Yeah, yes, it has. A lot of things that have been coming out of politics are now just jokes to us. It's like, yeah, healthcare. That's funny. So, it's more or less, you know. I think we're looking in the wrong direction for all of this. The police are bad. Yes, there are problems with them, sure. But what about the politicians? And, you know, what are they doing? You know, what what about politicians should be changed? Because that's where all of the reform is going to start here. It's not just going to be because you said something. This is going to be taking it to the White House. And what are you going to do about it? Exactly. You can can already tell Trump isn't going to do anything about it because, first of all, he's outright said he doesn't believe in it. Second of all, you got, you know, you got millions of people that don't think anything of it. You know, he has hit when the protests went into D.C. and they marched on Washington they literally, like, Trump went into his bunker. That was the first time in history that a president has used the bunker and the White House experienced a blackout. Oh, my gosh. So, you tell me, do you think your protests are doing a lot? Because, yeah, it's really cool that you were able to make history and make your own president go into his bunker. But on the contrary... Does that really tell you that he's gonna do any reform for you guys? No, he won't do anything. So, that that's kind of where I stand on it. Like, yeah, you have the freedom to assemble. That is fully given to you under the United States Constitution. But is it worth it? 
to use that right to assemble to bully your own president into changing when in return you're throwing rocks at a glass house. Yeah. I no. I I feel like people are looking into the wrong direction to have reform. Yeah. It's not it's not the president you should be aiming at. You should be aiming at your local representatives, you know, your state senators and your house of representatives. Yeah. People. If you want us, you know, if you want the the electoral college to actually mean something, then the entire year prior to the said election, you have to be knocking on their repre- on your representatives' doors and just telling them the facts how it is. Tell them you want this change to happen. You have to elect some new president that will listen to us in. Exactly. You know? And we're not doing that. Exactly. Instead, you know, if you, yeah, instead, we think the solution is just yell until someone hears us. Exactly. No, you gotta, you gotta actually go to your, you gotta, if you want a law to be passed, that's gonna, that you know for a fact will help change this, you gotta go to your representatives. The president can't do anything until the representatives and the senators get the law to go through first. And we see we see a big dynamic change from people going to the representatives and voting for them to now everybody's focused on the presidency. Yeah. And the the president can make executive orders, but those expire, you know, whenever they're set to. Exactly. And if Trump is elected out of office this upcoming November, then so are the executive orders. They're put out of order. You know, they're put out of power. Exactly. So, yeah, he can make an executive order for the next two months. (laughs) So, is that going to be worth it, do you think? Just making a two-month executive order or going to your representatives telling them to change it by themselves. And making it more of a lifetime than just two months. Exactly. It's just... The dynamic of our political state has a lot to do with not only politicians, but us as individuals, you know? Yeah. If we don't do anything, if we don't do the proper things to change these things, nothing is going to happen. The protest, I, I, I believe the protests have been amazing, and I'm so happy that we have been protesting against it, but... It also makes me sad to see is that we are turning a protest that could have that could change so much in who knows how little time, and it, it makes me super sad. Yeah, it just makes me super sad that now I don't want to be a part of it because now we just see looters and we see all these corrupt people tainting tainting something that could forever change America as it is. Exactly. You know, we have a lot of great things going for this movement. And then now we're just getting it all blocked by everyone looting and everyone, you know, giving it a bad rep. Exactly. And we, it's always just really sad to see that. And it's, it's even more saddening to see how people, people won't genuinely protest for the sake of other people yeah it's you know our society has turned to selfish ways it really has um there was something i i I watched one time on youtube it was about is america the greatest country in the world and they said they and as they were going on somebody something that somebody said is that you know what are you talking about yemen like, it was just so funny to me to think about it. It's like, yeah, no, America's not great at all. Mm-hmm. America's nothing going for it. But America, I, I will say the statement, probably was probably one of the greatest countries in this world. Because, well, you know, we used to not fight for just ourselves. We used to fight for everybody. 
Oh yeah, we used when, to fight for the common good. Yeah, we used to fight for our fellow humans. We didn't fight for our own rights. We didn't fight for just us. We didn't fight because we want to be gay. No, we didn't fight because we wanted to show that you know we're this or that we're that. We don't want to show us that it's not for us. When we, we when we used to fight, it used to be for everyone. It used to be that we're making this change for the betterment of the future of our country, for the betterment of our children and our children's children. And to look at America in the past to now, you can see how how much that has left our country and how much more it is for personal gain and more for you want to look cool on the internet than fighting for your children to be in a better place. Yeah. And, you know, I think my closing remark on all of this is just, you know, look at what you're fighting for and look at who you're fighting with. Exactly. And if all of that in your heart is doing it not only for you, but for the people involved, and you're not doing it just to get this, you know, social uh, praise. Yeah, not for the likes. Then, then support it. You are fully, you are given the right to support what you want, regardless if you think it's for the common good or just for you you're allowed to support it but if you want to make change and you want to march with and for other people just make sure it is actually doing just what you said marching for and with other people so i think that that's kind of where you know that topic should be left uh, just because I think that's, you know, all that should be said about it. Exactly. That don't, if you, if you're going to get into the world of politics and everything, and if you're going to show that you're fighting for what you believe is right, and that that's what you want America to be, don't do it just because you want it to happen and do it because you want to make the country a better place for all of us, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And I think this might be a good time for us to say goodbye. Thank you, Chris, so much for joining me today to talk about something as controversial as politics. (laughs) No problem. It's always a touchy subject for everyone, but I feel like as long as you keep a level head and you are open to opinions and you're down to do the research, I think you're more than okay on the subject and i don't think it can be controversial exactly well i hope to have you back on my podcast sometime in the future Absolutely. thank you so much this is jonathan jasso signing off from the wandering minds i'll catch y'all my listeners later